Welcome to See Me After Class. This is a podcast by two New Zealand secondary school teachers based in the Southern Alps of New Zealand. We operate out of classrooms that look out over the most stunning mountain ranges in the bottom of the South Island. And it's my pleasure to introduce Renee Plunkett, who is a fourth year English teacher. And sitting here with me is Chris War, a teacher with 17 years under his belt from both overseas and here in New Zealand. And Renee, apart from being a teacher, is also an avid gardener. And Chris also enjoys triathlon. This podcast is about the day-to-day realities and joys and sometimes horrors of our teaching experience in the classroom. So we invite you to listen in and we invite you to give us feedback on what you hear. This is... See me after class. Welcome along to episode 7 and week 7 of See Me After Class. This week we talk about a student's speech and the impact it had on me personally. We also have a wee bit of a follow on from Renee's wedding speech she was helping to write. He knocked it out of the park. We have quite a long conversation about workload. <laughs> and we also collect some student um, students' views on around teacher pay. So Renee, how was the wedding speech? Oh Chris, it was fantastic. It really was. Um, it was interesting because there are a few speeches at weddings and um, my friend stood up and he had prepared well and you could tell and he spoke so confidently because he'd put in that preparation. It was so lovely to see because he's not a confident speaker usually. He kind of shies away from it but there we go, he nailed it. Oh that's awesome. And. Uh, have you got another wedding coming up this weekend? You just need to have one every weekend. It feels like it. Uh, no, no, none until next year now. I'm free and clear. Oh, awesome. <laughs> You'll be able to have some rest. I know. I'm so Well, actually, no, no, relay for life this weekend. Oh, There's always something. Oh, so this weekend you're going to be up for 24 hours. So. Yeah. And the funniest part is I've dragged my sister into it with me because she's coming to visit for the weekend. So um, if I'm up for 24 hours, so she. Oh, great. Mm, mm. And actually that probably... It's quite a nice moment to bring up one of the subjects that we wanted to talk about this week. I think so. We wanted to talk about teacher workload. <laughs> At the moment it's a matter that's up for conversation because the teaching union is mm. in dispute with the government over our wages and conditions mm. and workload's one of the biggest topics. It is the biggest topic, I think. Realistically, yeah. it's, um, it's, it's connected to every other topic, so... It's quite hard to separate it at yeah. all. And it is it's such a difficult thing for teachers because essentially as from the position of a teacher, what we usually hear is people from what they like to define as the real world <laughs> telling us about how easy our jobs are mm. and how much Don't you hard, just work nine till three? Yeah, and haven't we got all those wonderful holidays? Oh. And, and I, it's, it's so hard to respond to that yeah. patiently and meaningfully, but I thought we should have a go. I think we should. I think it's, I think there are a lot of, um, I want to use the word myths out there about the workload of a teacher and I think there's a lack of understanding um, around how much we put into this sometimes. Yeah, I guess I think the thing to say is that we don't think that we work harder than other people no. or that we are worth more than other people. I actually think it would be nicer and more relevant for us to say something more in terms of I think we're 
are the same as other people, but mm. that the demands on us and our job are quite unique. Yes. One of the things that happens when people say, oh, you have really great holidays, is I often say in response to that, oh, you could be a teacher too. And then they kind of cringe. Yeah, and then <laughs> they start looking at what, it involve, what being a teacher involves, and they talk about how they wouldn't be a teacher in yes. a million years and all those things. Oh, and, yes, it's so... like. I, I totally get what you're saying there because sometimes I, or not sometimes, frequently when people ask me, what do you do? They say, oh, I say I'm a high school teacher. And they're like, oh, I could never be a teacher. But you have great holidays. Yeah. It's like, it's at once so awful that no one ever wants to do it. And at the same time, the best job ever. I know. I know. And actually, I think it's all kind of around the wrong way because there are things about this job that I would consider make it the best job ever. Yes. And Absolutely. Actually, and actually, that all relates to the children. It does. I mean, they are the, the, they are the centre of what we do. That's why we are here and they make it the most wonderful experience, I think. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, that's, they're the thing that make it the hardest. Yes. So, yeah. you know, we go through a day. Your day is an example. You had five periods. Today a number a of your day. classes had more than 30 people in it. Yes. I had four periods. Um, a number of my classes have more than 30 mm. people. Mm. If any one of those children's day is going sideways, then it is our job to somewhat to respond try and to that. Get it back. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, I mean, to say, oh, you're only teaching for five hours. Well, that's five hours of back-to-back classes, and often somehow your lunch hour gets eaten up by something that's related either to your classroom or a meeting you need to be in, or there's. There's never quite a moment where you are still and yeah. just. You I can think take when I talk to, to business people about the classroom thing, I, I try and make the analogy because I've worked in the business environment mm, myself mm. to a situation where they were asked to put on a presentation yes. five times a day for five hours each. Yes. And be accountable for the fact that the people in the presentation absorbed the information and, and made something of it, yes. and then and then dealt with all the paperwork attached to giving that. feedback and responding yep. to that. And it, it, it's it, it's work on a concentrated scale mm. that I think mm. something sometimes people omit to realise. I agree with you. I think it's interesting now that you've just said that a conversation that I had with my dad is coming back to me, and he said he quite often doesn't like to have his um, his farm managers in together for a, a workshop for more than a couple of hours at a time because he finds that getting them to focus on him for that period of time and what they're doing and really take something out of it is difficult mm. and I sort of it, that is our job five hours a day yeah. <laughs> trying to do five mini workshops with 30 teenage brains in front of us yeah and I mean it's a it's a source of delight for us to do that it but, it, but it's an extraordinarily demanding thing to do as well yes. I think other things are we all earn the same amount as teachers so mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how much additional work you do you still get That's paid it. the same amount and yes. I, I like that I like the egalitarianism yes. of it yes but it does mean that um, for those of us that want to do extra there's no financial reward for that no there's not and like a lot of us operate we do those extras because we're passionate about what we do and we we love seeing the benefits of those things in our classrooms but um there is no bonus there's no financial bonuses for teachers like there are in some other places and it's just that sort of even if you compare it to nursing if if nurses do extra hours then they're paid for those extra hours but we aren't but i think um i mean of course there are lots of people who do extra work in their jobs for no further remuneration although i wouldn't i wouldn't say that they would do for example what you're doing this weekend which is to spend 24 hours with a group of kids of course it's not in your contract you don't have to do it no it's not and i not gonna lie there are moments when I think why did I say yes to this but I know I know that 
the students will get they will benefit from being at this Relay for Life event and I will enjoy seeing how much how much enjoyment they get out of it and that's why yeah, we and do these things. That's right and I think that's again it comes back to the, the challenge and the opportunity about being mm. a teacher is mm. the kids but when you know that you can take an action in their lives that is going to benefit them yes. it's very difficult to say no to that. It is. It, I, I, you can liken this to your triathlon club at the moment. Yeah. Like you've started that from from nothing, and you've put in all of those hours, and you continue to put those hours in. But it's because you see those those kids getting the benefit from the club that you do it. Yeah, and you see the gains in the kids, and of course, there's no lack of appreciation. Like no. every student in that says club thank you. says thank you every yeah. time, and so do their families. Yeah. I do not feel underappreciated no, in not that at sense. All. At the same time, I think that if these things that we're doing are valued by our society, then should be we should be remunerated yeah. as such. It's, yeah. it, it's a complex intellectual, personal, social job that takes enormous toll on your personal life. Mm. Like I'll often in the term time work around 60 hours a week. Yes. Often again, like we've just identified in ways that are partially voluntary. Yes, absolutely. But in the end, you get home to your family or your partner at the end of the day and you are You're strung spent. out. You're and spent. All you can do is lie horizontal yeah. on the couch before you get back to your computer <laughs> to carry on your marking. I, I so agree. And it's funny, I dropped Will at the airport, my husband at the airport, um, this weekend, sent him back off to um, Papua New Guinea. And I, <laughs> there was a small part of me, as sad as it is to see him go, that was kind of excited because I don't have to go home and engage my brain until I want to I can zone out if I need to after yeah. a long day yeah. like there's that side of it too and some of that I think is ultimately unsustainable I and agree and that's how people really do burn out here. yeah and and that's why there's such significant attrition figures for yes. teachers which yeah. is an incredibly costly and wasteful oh, fact you think of all of the training that goes into creating one teacher yeah and the energy (laughs) and I think um, when you talk about how these things could be alleviated I mean I do think a piece a bit of appreciation goes a long way I agree and I think as a teacher I have developed the perception that the general community around me doesn't have a lot of appreciation or Mm. or respect for what I do unless I'm directly connected, connected to, them to them through their children yes. and Whereas, I, I think that's disappointing yes. but probably inevitable um, because what we do has an impact on our entire community and our society around us these are yeah. the people who are going to run our society that we've got in our yeah and I think at the same time that's probably what troubles some people mm. is that we do have that much influence and they don't necessarily consider us to be the people they would want to be having yes. that influence yes. I, that's I, a good point to make I think also, though, it's, a, it's also just a small things about the conditions. Like if you have increased class sizes, then it's a multi, it has a multiplying effect it on your does. workload. Yes, if, I, um, if we think about you know, the difference between um, a class that has, say, 25 students in it and a class that might have 31 or 32 students in it, um, every extra student is additional marking additional time to write reports additional feedback that you have to give it, it, it creates an additional this, set of parents with whom you have to develop yes, a relationship it's and, this yeah. huge cascading effect just mm. even just one student is yeah it's massive and and so that's something that i've definitely noticed has changed is that our class sizes continue to increase yes there doesn't seem to be any lid on that no 
And actually, I would probably be more interested in having smaller classes and serving the students better than I would yes. in having more money. But that means more money regardless. It might not be in my pocket, but, but it, it would, would be cost more. But it would be more teachers. It would yeah. be, yeah, there, there has to be, yeah, some kind of financial um, funding there to do yeah. that. And at the same time, I, you know, I start to think about the sort of models for financial remuneration and other sectors mm. that are equivalent to teaching, people who have got qualifications and are doing professional jobs with high levels of responsibility. And I don't know, I don't know how you create parity between those things because the jobs are so different. What about they your are. husband who's a pilot, for example? I know. Well, when I look at the people who are professionals at my age group, mm. you know, I'm in my late 40s, I earn, you know, half or a third of what they earn these days. So I, I definitely think there's you know no this, parity yeah. there. <laughs> and maybe, you know, maybe they're more valuable to society. Maybe they're more sophisticated than I am. Maybe. I mean... Really? <laughs> I don't think so, but... <laughs> is it for me to say? Are we I think I think one of the things that... I mean, to bring balance to this, because, I mean, it's extremely comf- uncomfortable to talk about this. Yes, because it, it just... I just feel like I'm harping on about something. I don't think many people agree with the position on it. I think mm, most mm. people consider us to be lucky to have what we do. I think there's a couple of things about that that are worth saying in a broader context, mm. and that is that it seems to be increasingly difficult to get good people into teaching, yes. which in itself is a kind of indicator of the status of the profession in our society. If it's such a good job, then why, why is, is it that? Yeah, why aren't people lining up to do it? Yeah. And um, but also on the other side of it the sort of rewards that we get are represented in this like this video that I'm going to share an excerpt mm. from with you mm. because our students are the reason we're here they are an incredibly fulfilling group of people to spend oh, time yeah. with and I was talking to um, a parent of another student who is training to be a teacher about insights into the role of the teacher and the difference we can make even with a few small words and then I remembered this speech <laughs> by another student Oliver and his, how he had discussed the impact that a few small words had had on him earlier in his educational career so um, I shared this with her and I thought that whole rich professional yeah. student teacher family life that we have as teachers is a wonderful thing so here's here's something from that for you to have a listen with I'm going to tell you about the effect we have on others because the effect we have on others is an extremely significant one but it's one that's also often overlooked or underestimated to prove this part I'm going to tell you a story about a boy this boy had a rather average life he never thought it was anything special always that others were greater than him he didn't know what he wanted to do later on life. And overall, he just didn't think he was fit to walk the world's, the world's roads had from. Going into year 10, he couldn't exactly say he was excited. I mean, after all, one of his friends already left, going off to another school. Meanwhile, he was stuck in English, which is a subject he deeply despised. This was mainly because other teachers just couldn't help, couldn't help recognise the fact that he had poor spelling and he was a poor writer. But this year, the teacher walked in and he noticed two things. The first one being, he had this new uplifting, positive energy about him. The second one being, he had the most bizarre haircut for a teacher. It was this crazy, almost mobile thing on his head. But during class, the teacher walked up to the boy. And the teacher said something that truly inspired the boy. For the rest of the day, the boy couldn't stop thinking about what the teacher had said. He kept on replaying his mind over and over and over again. Days passed, and for the first time ever, he began to enjoy English. He began to like that, he can almost 
hide stuff in language, as almost as codes, or convey them out in new ways. But it wasn't just skill they got better, it was all of his life. He began, to get, he began to get results he was happy with. He began, he began to get more confident in his abilities. He began to explore and pursue new passions. It was at this point he realised he didn't need to be smart or talented to be special. But the only person you have to be better than is the one you were yesterday. That is what the teacher said. At first, the boy thought it was a rather cheesy thing to say to a 14-year-old boy. But then he realised the teacher actually meant it. Those words alone mean very little. But when they were told meaningfully to a boy that needed them, it changed his life. Now that boy is standing here in front of you, saying we can all have the same positive effect on each other. Because everyone is different. Everyone will grow into their world at their own pace. Some of us may be further behind than others. Some may feel lost. But all you have to do is do something meaningful towards someone, and that can change someone's life forever. If you have to take one thing away from the speech, let it be this. It comes from a once-lost boy himself. Don't ever forget the odds of your existing. Anyone else could be in your place, but they're not. The chance, of you being, the chance of you being here is so small, but here you stand. Others may dislike you, but you don't need to fit their cube, their frame, because you have your very own. You're the master of your seat. You're one of the special few that get to walk in. And you're so much more special than any diamond. And no matter where you sit, you are all special. So Chris, I think um, something to acknowledge here about Oliver's speech is that he's paying tribute to somebody who's had an impact on him and, and I think quite often as teachers sometimes we don't um, possibly realise that we do but, but when the student finds the balance about how to, how to give us a compliment and to let us know how much they do truly appreciate what it is we do, it's an incredibly special moment and it does sort of make everything feel worth it. Yeah, that's right. And I think I actually particularly like this one and wanted to share it because it's such a nicely calibrated oh, compliment. I know. He's done so well. He's done a good job. And so, um, yeah, good on you, Oliver. Yes. Excellent speech, Oliver. Teachers should get more pay because they're responsible for the education of the next generation. Teachers are so important. Like, they actually are. If you think about it, teachers and parents are what create like a, a child, <laughs> especially, and they yeah. do heaps. They do exactly. Like without teachers, without police officers, without all that, the world would literally be in shambles. <laughs> like it would be, but if they're no both like educated. Exactly, they're some of the lowest paid jobs, which is ridiculous because they're like crucial to making up a human's like brain and education and what they know and what they don't know. And who they are. The government and stuff go on about how important education is, yet they're not like giving that to the teachers for us, like, you know, so teachers can give us an important education. They have to go to university for so long to be, like, qualified, so then, like, then they're just coming into something that's really underpaid when they've done a lot of study to get the knowledge, to give us the knowledge. And that education is, like, the first step of life pretty much like you're in school like from when you're real young to when you're like late teens early adulthood so it's like a big chunk of your life and it like doesn't just stop there because your education like sort of influences where you go from 
they're not like once you finish. And hopefully we'd get like better teachers if yeah. they were paid more, they'd be more like people and, would actually like you know what I mean. And because education's so important. Yeah. Some people people who don't have it like And isn't it like a, a law? Like kids have to go to school? Yeah, so And then if why are they why is it like getting paid equivalent to jobs that aren't as influential on everyone's lives? This was an episode of See Me After Class with Renee and Chris. My Twitter handle is at edutronic underscore net. And mine is at Renee Plunkett too. See you next week. <laughs>